Hi, Camille. The Trojan hey, horse. How are you? <laughs> That's like the column, 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 Hey, column, <laughs> we need column. we need some part in the part in the interruption style music. Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't seen you, so it has been a little while. Yeah, you just got here. I'm good. I'm it's good. Been, yeah, what's been yeah. going on? Um, I've got or some friggin' tendonitis in my left ankle. I think acute tendonitis. I haven't been oh, to a doctor yet because yeah. I don't feel like it. Honestly, nothing. I was thinking about going to the gym. Like oh. literally just thinking about it. And yeah. maybe this is a consequence of carrying my daughter. We went to the Brooklyn Museum this past weekend. Because that's yeah. what we do on the weekend. Just go to museums that are totally inappropriate for people her age. Oh, yeah. And I show her really old stuff. And I say, sweetheart, this is ancient. Yeah. She says, ancient? Oh, really? Yes, it's very old. Did you bring her to like the Ma- Maplethorpe exhibit or something? We went, <laughs> went to go look at all the Egyptian stuff. Yeah. Because I figure, you know, these yeah, are boxes. Cool. Um, but I don't know how my you daughter was obsessed with Egypt stuff. What a sarcophagus is! It, it makes sense. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's super awesome. Like the yeah. pyramids and crap like that. Yeah, they're never obsessed. It's so much cooler and more kind of romantic and 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 odd and like this in sort of. I don't understand. I don't know how to describe it, but there's like they don't care about Greek stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't care about ancient Rome, which seems yeah. pretty cool to me too. But Egypt really, really resonated with my daughter, and well, I had a friend that I worked mm-hmm. with, and she was. Um, Egyptian American, her parents were Egyptian, um, and she went to a like Saudi funded uh, school, mm. which is really funny, and um, it didn't work on her, just put it that way. Mm. Um, but uh, Livia loved her because she was Egyptian. She's like, I asked from Egypt, and I'm like, it's a little different now. I think Egypt is was. more like mystical and magical, like even yeah. the the hierarchy of the various gods. And when yeah. you look, actually look at the statues of the gods, they have all these animal heads and stuff. Like the Greek gods and the Roman yeah. gods, it's much more boring. I mean, these, yeah. they're just people. And they've got a bunch of statues of naked people, which is not nearly the same as like the colorful headdresses. I know. And some of them look like screenshots from Grindr. It's like a lot of those old ones. And and you don't really need to expose your kid to that. Oh, can I tell you? My daughter still refers to all genitals as butt. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah. that's not going to last. Mommy's too long. butt is different from daddy's. Oh, butt. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love. I, I love my first instinct. It's like, God, she's not very bright. Is she? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's not what it is. Yeah, you try to cultivate certain certain categories of stupidity for amongst yeah. your children and just maintain it for as long as you can. So at eighteen, she's still referring exactly. to butts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes a lack of knowledge might be used by others to take advantage of her. So, so be, be aware of that. <laughs> that it's kind of a loophole in it too. Yeah. Leave you went to um Ellis Island uh-huh. this weekend when I was I was gone oh. in Iowa and she because she missed she missed it with the class when she was at her gymnastics meet so she goes and I see this paper when I, when um that uh, she went with her mom and it mm. said uh, you could pick an immigrant right and you write a little thing about it and uh-huh. then you hand it into the it's just like a little school assignment type okay thing. and she picked uh, <laughs> Martina Navratilova. <laughs> And I was like, huh, okay. And that's, it says the name. And then this is the next thing I, I have a photo. Is the next uh, thing it says, country of origin, Czechoslovakia. Important information about the family. This is what Libby wrote. Mm. She escaped. She's gay. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. And I'm like, that's true. Does um, Livia know what gay is? Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Wait, how old is she? She accused me of being gay. <laughs> <laughs> we, were at a, we were at the hotel in Florida. And uh, there was an ad. It was like black and white ad. I mean, people might know what this was, uh, but it's we saw it a bunch of times. And this is people they dive into the water. Yeah, and it's in black and white. And there's like there's like attractive people diving off a boat. And 
<laughs> she laughed so hard. And it's like, despite the fact that she's like, you know, very a progressive child in this, uh-huh. like, thinks it's normal and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, but it's still always funny to people because mm-hmm. if it's not, if it's not everywhere, it's funny, right? Yeah. If it's not, you don't see it everywhere and it's not something you see every day. It's still just a little off. To sure. Her, sure. So the people dive in and she said, I don't want to see their nipples. And I was like, I kind of do. Cause it was, like, was like a girl at the beginning. And I was just saying something to my eight year old. right? Uh, and she's like, and, and, and she looks at the screen, there's a guy swinging around and she's like, are you gay? And I, was, I swear to God. And I was like, what? And I was like, Oh, and she was like crying laughing. She's like, Pop, Papa was in super into that guy on TV. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm getting burned by my daughter in like an un PC way. I'm like, geez, girl. Oh God. So yeah, that was the, does she know to turn that off at school? Uh, yeah, I think so because we haven't gotten any, any yeah, we got, messages and you would. Oh my God. Yeah, you would. Oh my God. We would, would we ever? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm they'd so probably not just, looking forward to this. Dude, it's going to be different for you. I have to get out of Brooklyn. Yeah, it's true. A little bit. A little bit different. I have to get out of here. Well, I have a friend at that school, or he's become a friend because our kids are in the same class, Uh and he has the same Mellon and Force fields that you do, Mm -hmm. and what they don't realize is that he's more (laughs) right-wing than anyone I've ever met in my life. He's like guns, (laughs) and he goes and shoots, because he's a black guy from Texas, you know? But to like white liberals in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. it's like all black people are the same and they need to be saved by, yeah. by the woman with the tote bag yeah, yeah. from, from the local bookstore up the street. And the interactions are always so funny. He always tells me like, all these like condescending interactions uh, and they're like, no, no, we mean well, we're yeah. good people. We're trying. He's like, stop talking to me. like this. It's totally, <laughs> it's totally insulting. You know, the stuff that's actually insulting is not the, the, the stuff that they pick out for you. Yeah. Like they're telling you what you should be insulted for. Camille, you shouldn't like mm-hmm. that word or this, that, and then they don't or they're, or they're apologizing on someone else's behalf. Exactly. Or something so terrible, so <laughs> awful that this is happening to you, yeah. that you have to be a black man in America right now. I, yeah. I, I've really had encounters like that with people oh, I'm sure. in, in Brooklyn where I meet like very pleasant people who are, say, friends of my wife's or we're potentially interviewing these people for friendship because they have some connection to our daughter yeah. or our daughter likes their kid. Interviewing for and it's, you know, they've got the posters for uh, Kamala Harris on their wall or something yeah. like that, or Bernie Sanders. And it's very much a, oh my gosh, you know, it's such a difficult time right now. Just living in Donald Trump's America. I, I, I feel comfortable saying this on the Patreon. There are moments where I think to myself, God, I should just, I should be an actual Trump supporter. I should be like, <laughs> like for real Fox the, News the, Camille, the, the, the like great. hardcore, like serious MAGA all the time. Yeah. I just, I want to do it to shock them. And, yeah. And I don't, uh, yeah, but I'm not I'm, that guy. No, but sometimes you're I, not. But sometimes I wish I was that guy. But it's guy. like a great social experiment, though. I don't, it's not even an experiment. I would live it. I would live it. You know If what? I have to stay here, yeah. that's kind of what I want to do. I've seen you do it. And that's more not than like, MAGA stuff. More but... than wear a MAGA hat around. I like want to like actually embody the <laughs> id of the, of the MAGA guy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, think I, I ever mean, will. Yeah, it's so the MAGA hat is different. Like, not, not MAGA stuff, but I've seen you do the race stuff before. Well, really, yeah. Like, that people are like, huh? <laughs> and because they're like, black people all have the same thought. I know that. What's going on here? They think it's going to be a part in like Mission Impossible where you reach up and you pull the mask off. And you're actually Jared Taylor from American Renaissance or something. Some fascist. Oh, like my that. gosh. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I, I tell you what. The experience i haven't been out on the campaign trail since in four years i don't mm. do i guess i've done some like senate things and yeah. the rest of it but you know not 
in a significant way. But so I was in Iowa mm-hmm. and left the day before the actual debacle of the caucus, but was there for four days. Went to a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. Went to two Sanders things. Uh, hung out with Andrew Yang a little bit. Went mm-hmm. to one of his events. Um, and you know, the thing that I come away with always is that it's seeing the forest from the trees is that no matter how many experiences you have, it's, it's worth it to re up your experience outside of the media bubble. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's crazy. Like what went to the Trump thing. And like, this always happens. I've said this on the show before, but pre- about previous examples of this. Mm-hmm. And like one producer in particular who was like, like blown away. He, he said the funniest thing to me. I don't think I ever told a story. I, I told a beer one where I ordered an IPA in like somebody's house like a bar in southeastern Missouri, and they're like, I don't know what that acronym is. <laughs> and I was like, dude, get a fucking high life and shut up. Yeah. And um, this one was uh, when he we went to an actual bar. It was by a factory, and all the factory dudes told us to meet us down there, and like we can talk there and everything. Yeah. And like I got along with these dudes, and we had a fun time. And and, he, and when we left, he said, <laughs> he said it completely shocked us both. He said that bar, no joke. This is absolutely true. Said so that bar is like honestly more racially diverse than any bar in my neighborhood. And mm. I'm like, no shit, man. Mm. <laughs> you live in Williamsburg. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like literally shocked by the fact that all these guys that work in the factory together who are like Hispanic and black and white and all that, mm-hmm. um, that all, all like are cool with each other and all hang out. And, and he was totally stunned by that because you have no choice. There's like two bars in town and they're not segregated. They're just everybody from, probably segregated by which factory you work at or something sure. like that. Sure. But going into the Trump rally, um, I had a similar experience this time when um, somebody on my crew was like, you know, it's like really weird. They're all really, really cool people. They're all really super nice people. And I'm like, yeah, I know there are a lot of them really what, what nice. I were nice, man. Like pitchforks? I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that you get the worst of them when you watch the news, I suppose. The per- person's going to get on the news is the, you know, the judge person today. Mm-hmm. You see that clip? Yeah, yeah, the woman, the yeah. the older woman who yeah. was shocked to discover yeah. that he was gay. Yeah, <laughs> the Buttigieg, the Buttigieg uh, poll manager person, I presume, um, says, uh, "Well, this is common knowledge." She's, I I never heard of this. She's just cast her vote for Buttigieg. Yeah, yesterday. Totally shocked by it. It reminded well, can me. I, can I have my ballot back? Yeah. And then she was like, I don't know. You already signed it. It's great. <laughs> Democracy at work. But the best thing is like, I don't. Too late. If you have kids around you right now, turn it down for like five seconds, ten, maybe 10 seconds. But it reminded me of that old onion headline. Uh, Why do all these gay men keep sucking my cock? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's on, it's the onion thing. It's not me. And it's an editorial. And it's, uh, it's unbelievably funny. Back when the onion oh, was really, God. really funny and taking a lot of risks. But that's a really funny one. So, yeah, that's so I didn't write it. Don't don't take it out of context. And <laughs> and um, if your kids heard it, I gave you warning. And they, can't, they can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um so yeah, it was it was funny to to go in to this arena mm-hmm. and one of the things that really was conspicuous to me is that when you go to the two there's two press pens there was one for like broadcast media and people with you know cameras on sticks and they were you know there's a riser mm-hmm. you know right in the, down in the kind of pit and there's one above yeah and i said something to somebody a couple things that you know when trump did his thing about the fake news and everyone turned around he's like you know points at them but you think and, and i'm in there right? yeah turns around they boo Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like smiling. This is funny. Everyone just turns around and booze. You, you mean and, you didn't feel terrified at that moment? And, and not only did I not, but I actually talked to other people who are not, you know, sympathetic to Trump at all that I was with. Mm-hmm. And they were like, 
they got that it's wrestling mm-hmm. that like you're the heel yeah in like he's the wwe hall of famer right and you're the heel and then when you leave people are super nice to you everyone like they'll stop and talk to you can we get you on camera totally yeah. sure totally and i'm like hey we're not gonna take out of context i'm like yeah no, no it's fine like I, I you know you start by by the pleading yeah and uh you don't need it yeah and, and everyone was like really cool and and you but you go up to the to the um to the uh like upstairs thing where you can overlook the entire stadium Mm -hmm. and the thing that you notice is that nobody up there looks anything like the people down there Mm -hmm. like not like literally they're from different universes i mean yeah they all dress like they're from brooklyn right which is is not to say like that the phenotypic traits are necessarily different no they they actually look visibly different they look visibly dressed differently they They walk differently everything obviously you listen to them talk they talk differently everything's different absolutely so it's funny because you're like these people are on safari in a way Mm mm-hmm and they're like, oh, go ahead, talk to that one. That's one. That one's really fat and, <laughs> and dripping and gross. And, yeah. you know, there's something I didn't like about it and um, made me uneasy. And so I sat, I sat up there and talked to a few, saw a few journalists that I know, um, a couple that you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because you watch them and they tweet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, I saw one. It was like, I, you know, can't hear from up here. I can't see. Like, and it's like, yeah, no, I know. I went down to the floor. And I just interacted with people and I was there. Yeah. And I got a camera too. I'm not like, I'm a notebook. Yeah. And I got a camera. Yeah. And it like, it's just like, you know, we can't, you know, can't get into the event. They close it off. And they were, they were like, they overbooked it with media too. Mm -hmm. Because that's the Trump thing is they, they give you a thousand, 8,000 tickets, 8,000 people in the arena or whatever, Mm 10,000. And then they give out 15 and then they make them watch them outside on a big screen. They have Mm -hmm. a big screen set up. Yeah. It's the classic you over, overbook. Yeah. Like a club. To make the line, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, look at all the people here!" It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a smart idea, but it was too freezing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was weird. I mean, when I was standing up there, we didn't didn't. I mean, we were just shooting down. Like, oh, there's actually one bit <laughs> of uh, <laughs> maybe I'll post it. I posted it on Instagram and it got taken down. What did it? No, I posted something that was like, um, <laughs> I was just bored, and like Mike Pence was on. And in between, we were laughing about the songs that Trump plays because yeah. they're all so gay. Yeah, <laughs> he literally came on to Macho Man, and everyone was freaking out. And I'm like, guys, he's not really. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, comes on a Macho Man. It's like, and he's a Macho Man, and everyone's like, freak, yay, 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 yay. And I'm like, guys, this is not what you think it is. <laughs> the same lady who probably loves that song who doesn't like doesn't like Buttigieg. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what she yeah. listened to on the yeah. way home. Liberals and conservatives. Both yeah. And they were oh my god and they played ymca yeah and they played well there's one other one that was just like i don't think they this this song doesn't mean what they think it means uh-huh. it was another song and i can't remember what it was but it was funny and uh they're freaking out to it i mean i have to imagine some of that is he knows that they can't play much in in the realm of like popular music because the artists will freak out well, they already have yeah and I don't think, um, I don't think they, cause this is a perennial thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Springsteen. Um, o- only with Republicans. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Bruce Springsteen did that for Born in the USA, mm-hmm. which was an incredible fail by the campaign because mm-hmm. you have to just listen to the song and realize <laughs> that it's like somebody who comes back from Vietnam yeah. and is like miserable. But Trump yeah. explained that you know, the, the, he's like, you know, NAFTA, we've, we got it. We've ratified it. It's better than ever. And it was right after he came out and he was, he made the joke that he played YMCA for USMCA. 
the 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 trade deal. Oh. <laughs> He's like I. He said I'm good at names. USMCA, like the song YMCA. It <laughs> doesn't make any no, sense. It really doesn't. Oh Commonly known as NAFTA. Now it's USMCA. Oh. And uh, but the thing is, now I was up there, and and I think this is the thing that taken down. Uh huh. I was so bored, and the camera, my camera was swung around to me. It was far away. It's like a longer lens. Yeah. And just took out like listening shots. And it ended, uh, it pens, and they were playing In the Air Tonight by uh, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, yeah. So I just looked into the camera and lip synced the whole so- song as people were just like staring at me, like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> and I was just like, and so I did that. And so um, when we were looking at the footage, uh-huh. I pulled it out and then just synced the actual song to it. Uh-huh. And I put it up on, on oh, Instagram. Oh, you got copyright violation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Immediately. Yeah. But it was funny. It was like the copyright violation was totally wrong. It was like, this is contains. It, honestly, it was some like I can't remember the show, but it was like some something about a gay uh, gay teen show or something like that. Oh. And I was like, oh yeah, here it is. Um, it, we've removed the video you posted uh, because it, uh, it included the follow, following content: gay girls who game episode forty one. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually Phil Collins in the air tonight. Gay girls who game, dude. It's your favorite podcast. That's it's not a fa- thing. Episode forty one. They've done forty one episodes. What? Yeah, I've got. I have to subscribe to this. this my my this is a podcast. A, a gay female friend of mine responded to it and was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. You tell me." Gay girls, gay girls, a game, game episode yeah. forty one. I don't. Must it must? It's uh, funny because in a situation like that, they're the one who's clearly violating a copyright by having by having um, uh, what's his name, Phil Collins in there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Did you did you find it? I, I did. What it's is it? Not exciting. Is it a TV show? It's like a YouTube channel thing. Uh, Maybe. So episode forty one is apparently that's apparently a big deal. I don't know. It's the first, yeah, I it's the t- first result that comes up. I got really. <laughs> yeah, when you search for gay girls who game episode forty one, that's right like. There. But yeah, that's it was weird. like that was my copyright violation. The fifteen queerest video games ranked. I don't oh. even. Again, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I don't, I don't know. Jeez. Mortal Kombat? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm Whatever. A little, I'm a little uh, behind the times in that. But uh, yeah, so that was Iowa. Huh. Well, thank so God. I saw Iowa. Yang. Yeah. How was that? Did you guys have an opportunity to chat much? Mm. Much is wrong. But, um, mm-hmm. We did. I got on the bus with them, but they, mm-hmm. wouldn't let, they wouldn't let me go with them between stops. Oh. It's like a 45 minute ride between. And I was like, can I come with you to, mm-hmm. the, to those campaign people? And they said, yeah. No. Um, but they did, they were super excited about Barry Weiss's article. Were they? Super excited about huh. it. And Andrew was like, Barry's great. Love her. And he's like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. And, uh, he's I not? No. Well, he's like, I don't live on Twitter. I don't, yeah. I don't follow the controversy. Because a couple of things that I said to him, he's like, I don't even know what that is. Like yeah. the Joe Rogan, um, Bernie uh, Sanders, Bernie Sanders thing. thing. Yeah. And, uh, he was like. Yeah. Joe Rogan appearance. His, uh, Yang's Joe Rogan appearance was huge for him as well. That's what he told me. Yeah. yeah. After that, it was a, it was all, it, it, everything changed. It came after, after, after we sat down with him yeah. or I, I sat down with him on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm, mm-hmm. I mentioned that to him, but, uh, look, the guy's really great on the stump. Dude, honestly, I love, I, I really like, like him. He's a good dude. I like Andrew Yang personally. I think he is a, he's a better than a nice guy. I mean, yeah. in terms of like politicians who I've actually met and talked to, he's probably my favorite. Like yeah. he's down to earth. He's super mellow. When when we talk about things that we agree on, I, I and he think believes he's really sharp. Gen, genuinely seems to believe the genuinely. things that he the conclusions he arrives at 
Um, sometimes I wish he would give a little bit more thought to things before they become like policy planks of his, because <laughs> it's just kind of like uh, it. It's always reminded me of the kid who's running for student government and says, you know, those water fountains, they ought to have like Kool-Aid in them. Like yeah. they just should. And that's what I'm going to do when I'm president. And it never fucking happens. Yeah. But yeah. they vote for him anyways. Um, that's that's Andrew Yang to me. Yang, by the way, knew nothing about me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'd never interacted with him before. Um, we didn't even tell him that I was the one doing the doing the interview. Uh-huh. And um, we, it was really funny because he's a speech in a in a in a place called Tipton, Iowa, mm. in like a little school, and most of the people there were like kids from the school. Yeah, um, some of them could caucus, most of them couldn't. And uh, he's like explaining um, UBI, and he's like, "Look, this is something that people." He's like, you know, and he said. Didn't say free market, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. He said the godfather of modern economics, Milton Friedman, was somebody who looked into this and and like you know, um, yeah. well yeah yeah well, it's it not, is of course not exactly he, well it was yeah. to, it was to replace all transfer yeah. payments, but he didn't uh-huh. say that. But he's saying that you know this is not a fringe idea; it's things that people. But yeah. I thought it was funny to hear him to all these like you know say kids Milton Friedman. Yeah. yes, and he didn't like it wasn't in a disparaging way. Yeah, which is yeah, kind of funny. No, he tried he tried that with me too. Um, and I'm, I'm not even sure in the moment, I almost certainly said something to him because this is that, that same slippery thing that Bernie Sanders does when he's selling um, Medicare for all. You always allude to like Canada and the Nordic countries when, of course, this is far more ambitious than those places do. Yeah. And the outlawing of private health care, um, I mean, this is not necessarily a thing in those other places either. Yeah. But whatever. I went, to, I, went on Details. To the, I went to the Bernie rally and uh, – well, I went to two, but um... – uh, God, there, there, people there were just the people working for the volunteers were mm-hmm. complete assholes. Uh-huh. And we on the the first one, the second one, they were fine. But it was like we thought, like, oh, it's going to be much easier than the Trump thing because mm-hmm. Trump thing's all like guys are massive, muscular guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have protesters and they're sure. a little heavy handed in the past. And it was the Bernie people that were super heavy handed on the first one that we went to in Des Moines. But uh, I met a, um, well, we had hooked up with her because we shot a little something with her. This Danish journalist. Uh-huh discovering it um and i thought it would be an interesting kind of perspective and it was and it was at one point i asked her when we were sitting in the press pen i was like what's it like following a candidate who's constantly praising your country mm-hmm. and she's like no it's true it's like we get the highest marks every time <laughs> i'm here it's like it's like you know denmark is the place that we want to be and yeah. everyone's just like denmark <laughs> and she's like no it's weird yeah. she was really really cool um and she wrote for politica the, the danish newspaper uh-huh. but uh very very cool very nice person but we had a we had a the the people at the last burning round that we talked to were awesome mm-hmm. and they were so fascinating because i asked them all the same question and you know some of this will get into the piece that we do um, which is for a new show that that, that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, was what did they think about the Joe Rogan stuff? Everybody was like, "Dude, I love Joe Rogan. Yeah. He's awesome." Yeah, and they're like, "Burnied out." They're like, "Serious." They're not people like checking him out. Yeah, they're people with the gear. In my experience, like the the typical Bernie supporter is not someone who is particularly woke. In fact, they generally have an aversion mm. to that kind of, of progressive. Um, and I can only imagine that for the most part, they're going to disregard that kind of criticism. Like Bernie isn't the people who say they like him. Yes. Number one. And yeah, number two, they know that in order to win, they need to get as broad a coalition as possible. And having been burnt mm-hmm. once, which is definitely the way that they think about the last election cycle, like they are very happy to be they on felt the, burn the, the top way. of the mountaintop or at least 
It seemed that way yesterday, and things are things are well. We don't even know now. We don't. We don't know, Um, but we do know that Mayor Cheat is obviously (laughs) engaged in shenanigans right now, isn't it? Mayor Cheat, yes, it is. Mayor Cheat, booted judge. Oh my gosh! I I had a guy, our our friend um, uh, Mate, uh, said something like, um, "What did he call him? Um, Mayor Guido." Oh yeah, the other yeah. Guys, yeah, of course. You Which know. you know, yeah, that's fun, ridiculous. But, that's you know, fun. It, you know, you have listen. To have... If it turns out that Pete actually wins Iowa, it's not going to be fun and games. It's not going to be fun games anymore. Like it's going to be full blown conspiracy theory. Time. I think that, I th- and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not so sure he's wrong. Oh come on, <laughs> you guys. I, I it, listen. I won't say I won't say anything of the sort until I actually see some tangible evidence. Yeah, but I know for a fact that they're going to go there right away. Oh yeah. It, of in fact, they probably are doing it already. Oh, they're Twitter ready. Shut down. They're ready with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're obsessed with this stuff. And it's like, I, I think it's always important to have a crazy friend. A lot of crazy <laughs> friends. Because, you know, I grew up around these people. Uh-huh. Right? And so I really, you know, I've said it a lot that I liked Aaron and had a good time with him. Yeah. And turned out recently someone said, a friend of mine, like, who's like a media guy, mm-hmm. um, not a journalist, was like, hey, I became friends with this guy, Aaron Monte. Super cool dude. You should meet him. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, I found him. Yeah. I was like, he's totally batshit insane. <laughs> and I guess this is different from a previous guest that we've had. Um, that I can say that Aaron is totally batshit insane Uh and his views are like so bonkers. Um, then I think he'd probably appreciate me for saying that. <laughs> he would. Because he knows that I'd engage, I engage him fairly yeah. and I like him personally. And I've, I had a, and everything he writes on Twitter, I'm just like, God, what if I got to unfollow him? <laughs> <laughs> it's so not, not universally. I find that half of the stuff that he tweets about, I, I enjoy. And the other half, it just leaves me scratching my head, it, which is Fine. And it's funny. I think for the most part in our interactions, and we probably had like lunch twice and then we had him on the podcast once. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've ever had a protracted discussion about the things that we disagree with, with the exception of the Venezuela conversation yeah. we had on yeah. the podcast. Every other time it's come up, I just kind of chuckle and say, God, that is so wrong. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll say it out loud yeah. to him and he'll chuckle and then we'll move on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is when, fine. When, when was nice. the time, do you remember? And maybe I've asked this question before because I'm so obsessed with it in a way. Because mm. it's such, if I look back, it's one of the things in my life that's changed the most. Mm. Um, like when was the time, do you remember, when you stopped caring about people's politics when hanging out with them and even appreciated it more when they were crazy and wrong? I don't know if that even happens to you. I don't, I don't know because to the extent I've cared about politics deeply, I've generally had the wrong politics, if that yeah. makes sense. And I've always had to be willing to accept that most of the people around totally. me disagree with me. Totally. And that's okay. And we can either talk about those disagreements or ignore them and talk about something fucking else. Yeah. Um, which I, I recently, we do this annual friends trip, a bunch of friends from college, and I sort of showed up there. Me and Tracy were a little late. We weren't going to be able to stay the entire weekend. It was just going to be 12 or 18 hours with these wonderful people. And occasionally politics comes up as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know what my <laughs> perspectives are different. <laughs> they don't understand yeah, how yeah. they all work. But they know uh, that uh, they're by the way, just can I ask different a and well-informed. Are, are, are they all black? Uh, yes. Okay, so this, this, so. is, this is black big chill. <laughs> yeah, Black chill. Something like that. It's a black chill. It's, it's different though. We, yeah. we actually had a comp. I, I was at some point talking to them about how bizarre this particular confab was because the people yeah. assembled in this room while they all think of themselves as particularly black, like you're not black in the average sort of way. Like there are several PhDs in the room, mm-hmm. medical doctors, and the, the two of you are pastors of 
one in one case a very large congregation in Washington D.C. Like, this sounds like a great getaway, to be honest. It, they're they're great, super smart people, all it's very amazing, interesting yeah. and accomplished. All have advanced degrees or at least undergrad degrees. Um, Does anyone agree with it's you? Atypical. Uh, on on a few things, I've been able to make some progress. I had a buddy of mine uh, reading Thomas's book, and we sort of were huddled in a corner, and he was telling me uh, how great he thought it was. Really? Did you tell uh, Thomas yeah. that? No, I haven't talked to, told him yet. I, oh, I think I've told great. Thomas multiple times. Wait, this is recently? love his book. Yeah, yeah, just over the weekend. This weekend? Yeah, just this past weekend. Oh, Black Big Chill was this weekend? Yeah. I didn't get the flyer. I'm sorry. Where was it? It's it's closed group. It's was it upstate? Only, there's only eight or nine yeah. of us who get to, not nine, because it's all married couples now. So it must be ten. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but where was this upstate? It was no a place in Pennsylvania, just outside of Lancaster. It's actually this house that used to be part of the Underground Railroad, as I discovered when we were there last Is year. That why it was chosen? We got shut shut around. No, we didn't know. Yeah. But we did find <laughs> like this. <laughs> we found like this weird door someplace, and we were curious about it. And we asked the lady who owns the house because they live in the back of the house and they own this, they run an Airbnb out of the front of the house. This uh-huh. huge front area of the house is like a converted farm. And she's like, Oh, this house used to be part of the underground railroad. And I will show you all of the things. This is the trap door that they kept people in. And it was just like, the mood got very heavy, wow. like in this, like, ah, this way that kind of inspired awe in you. Um, and I think that's why they chose it again year two because it was pretty nice. The lady cooks for us, and but it inspires awe in you because it's history in the same way that it would inspire awe if you were in a house that was hiding Jews in absolutely Netherlands. Yeah, right? for me, yeah. for me personally, yeah. I don't feel an intimate personal connection to it. Like, oh, these, these are my people. Yeah, yeah, no, and this, no, that's, but that's right. but for yeah. the grace of God, that would have been me exactly. enduring all of this yeah. any more than I couldn't feel that sort of sentiment if I were you know, somewhere in Germany and discovered that this was a house where they, they hid Jews to keep them away from yeah. the Nazis. I could, I could certainly imagine myself being persecuted, yeah. um, but not because we happen to look alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't imagine that that wasn't the case for some other people. Did you guys have any fights? Uh, this weekend? Sometimes. Not this weekend. It was too short. In, in other yeah. occasions, we have. But the fights that we've had in the past, like, see, I don't even know how much of this I should share, but this is fine. It's on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, that they pay for. Yeah. We just shouldn't <laughs> send it to anyone anymore who might, who might yeah. offer to send it yeah. to other people. I, I, I learned my lesson. Was like, <laughs> oh, you want to listen to it? I'll you send know, it to you. As, as, yeah. uh, as uh, Robert De Niro's uh, character uh, uh, in it's, you know, or, or it's actually Ray Liotta's in Goodfellas. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to listen to the Patreon? Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> 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 but um no the last time we had like a big blow up it was because i was dissenting from the consensus opinion yeah. that it was okay to spank your children and really i was not yet a father i was i was going to be soon you were saying that it was okay i said it was not okay wow um, so you were I, like the liberal i said that it's it is violence Wow. I, they they called it spankings, and I said yeah. I wouldn't beat my child. Wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use physical violence against them. That As Sanders Spooner me. said, <laughs> like, we're like, we're like who? It's I like, didn't I didn't mention Spooner by name. Yeah, yeah. But that stuff is in the back of my head, and this is this is a departure from the way that I was brought up. Yeah, in a Caribbean household where Did you get a switch. Switches were you part had a of it. Sw- you had a switch. Oh yeah, there were switches and uh, various like other, from the tree, various other devices. I mean, they can't come lock up my mom at this point, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. all sorts of all sorts of stuff. But like, was used. F- was a switch from the tree? Sure. 
and the thing where did they you tell you, they tell you to go get the switch. Oh, Absolutely. You yeah, are you kidding? Yeah. Oh my and god. And you better not bring a small one because if you bring a small one, oh, they will take you back out and get a bigger one. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, you think you're getting away with that? Go yeah. get a big, get, get a branch. Yeah. I mean, look, the switch is nice. There's other stuff that is far less. I'm nice. not going to ask about that. But yeah. good god. I, it's it's funny because at this point, I do feel like a little bit embarrassed for like my mom like i don't want to say anything that's going to make her sound like no, a heinous no. awful person no but i mean it i don't it's, i don't think it's i don't think it's good for us to yeah, use yeah tools where did she grow to up to be our children way? jamaica she's okay so yeah. she grew up in i just didn't know yeah, if she yeah. had come here but it's like, i never I, told I, you the story about how my mom was in one of those like ads for kids who were impoverished someone shows up and like took a picture whoa. of her for the postcard are you so that they could like send her money on a regular dude i've basis. known you for a fucking decade you've never, never told, told you that no yeah what what was that <laughs> seriously she tells me that she thinks she got money like once or twice but that was it <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. She got a bougie band on it. It was scratched. Yeah. They like came and they like messed up her hair and oh, smeared he... some dirt on her face and took a picture of her. Who was it? I don't know. White she people. She doesn't. <laughs> Must have been. Must have been white obviously. people. Wow. Yeah. This is like the, this is like roots kind yeah. of stuff. What? <laughs> Are you serious? The butterfly net? How far we've come. Jesus Christ. In yeah. Jamaica. They were trying to help. Well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> Did she get any money out of it? Twice. She says she received two payments. Doesn't sound like it was a lot. Um, maybe there were more payments and she didn't find out about it. She's like one of nine kids. There's a lot going on in that household. That is bananas. Have you ever seen it? Uh-uh. No. Nope. What was it? What do you mean? Like, what was it? Like a postcard? Was That's it like what she ad? said. Yeah. She said it was, they took a picture of her. I don't even know if she knows what it was like, what it, how it went out to other people. She was so poor that she didn't even know what it was for. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like, take this picture, take this picture. We will wow. do the thing. You'll get some money. Would you know a year it was around? I don't know. We should send the army of Patreon people to, to find go that. figure this out. Yeah. Figure find out. out what happened with Camille's mom. What, what did she know what the text was or anything? Mm-mm. It was like, no, look at these poor people. No. Yeah. Give us some money and yeah. we'll never give it to them. Yeah. And I look, I don't imagine that my family in Jamaica was doing particularly well. I mean, my grandfather was an illiterate dock worker. My my grandmother would occasionally do some like housework and stuff like that. And they had nine kids. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. So it's pretty Jamaican. Yeah. It's pretty conventional. Yeah. yeah. It means your dad has how many? Um, my biological father. Yeah. Who actually passed away last year. Um, uh, is that true? I don't know. You yeah, a lot. Me that? Well, I mean, I found out, and then I was just like, I'm not going. Fuck, we didn't know each other. It's not a big deal. No, I know. I, I met know. him like all of three or four times. No, no, no. We've talked about that yeah. a lot, but yeah. we've never talked about. I didn't know. Wow, last yeah. year, mm-hmm. like over the summer while I was rebuilding my house. Um, I think he got sick, and then I think in October, I or not even October. It might have been uh, September I got the call, and then the funeral was in October because there was just this really yeah, long, long lead time yeah. when it comes to just addressing things and doing the autopsy and getting them in the ground. So, yeah, it just brought the mood down. Shit, dude. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that was that. was That was that. that. That is how that works. Did you talk to your mom about it? No, I did briefly, and she was surprised. But they have not talked in years. I'm confident the last time they spoke was when we were, because we used to go to Jamaica frequently when I was young. Um, and I'm confident the last time they talked was when we were there and we happened to see him someplace. And then he like took me to his house for a day. You happened to see of, him? Yeah, on one of four occasions. I think he, or he found out I was in town um, or in country. 
and, yeah. and like reaches out and gets in touch and uh, goes how many house years for ago day. was that i might have been 10 or 11 yeah yeah so we're talking on 25 yeah yeah and then the last last time i saw him was when i went to jamaica and i reached out because i'd just gotten married and i said hey maybe we should get together and i introduced tracy to him because it just felt appropriate yeah Yeah. for whatever reason and i met one of my younger sisters that day and i think i think he has six or seven kids but i'm not entirely sure yeah yeah i've got two older brothers which are from his first wife and then there's my older sister, who's from his first mistress, and 13 months my senior. And then there's me, my mom, who's his second mistress. And of course, in order to maintain all of the mistresses, it's useful when you have to go back and forth between two yeah. countries. And that way you can have an entire family in the That's Americas it, yeah. and your various yeah, he's mistresses like the, in different This is going to be a deep cut, but he's like the Jamaican Charles Kuralt. Uh, <laughs> who, who that is. He was the CBS like Sunday morning. He was the guy that drove around America in a bus. And yeah. he's like, well, look at this. This is a little town in <laughs> Illinois. And, and he died and like two families showed up and they're like, excuse me, who are you? Like, who are you? <laughs> is and that he had, right? Yeah, he kept his secret from everybody. Wow. It was like an amazingly well done thing yeah. in the days before, before the internet i mean i hear stories like this from jamaican people like fairly frequently and at a minimum even if they never leave like it's pretty typical to have a bunch of kids and a couple of different women we have we have such thing. um such uh sort of exacting i guess is maybe the word um patreon listeners mm. that um i guarantee you that while i'm saying this somebody is drawing up a chart of your, of your family. Of my ancestors? Yeah, like, and he's going to post it somewhere of like, this is the chart of Camille's the mistresses, <laughs> and it's hard to keep, it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. I hope that's not true. Please wow. don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to track that stuff down anyway. It is. Well, Livia was at, uh, when she was at, um, at uh, Ellis Island, went into the computer there and tried to find um, my relatives, hmm. which are, I, I thought easy to find because I've seen the ship manifest. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the the Olympic or the Olympia or something. But you had relatives who came through Ellis Island. Uh-huh. Oh uh-huh. wow! Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Last century too, in the 1900s. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was it was uh, the I don't the mix didn't the the WAPS did. Um, so, hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, and you know from Calabria on one side and the other ones were from West Cork. Uh, but yeah, my brother did this, got really deep into it mm-hmm. and, uh, and like did that ancestry thing and spidered the whole thing out Yeah, until, um, not too far back. We found that, um, that with the exact same last name as, as my mother, um, uh, my, and my, my grandfather, there was a uh, member of parliament from Poole mm-hmm. in, in England, um, in the 1780s or nineties who was, yeah. who was, uh, is a direct uh, descendant um, and and uh, was was an MP and and a and a um, sir mm-hmm. who's a, a, a you know order of the empire. I don't know what it was like back in the, in the 18th century, but yeah, it was weird. I don't know. People get obsessed with this stuff. We talked about the, the the stupidity of the DNA test. It's it's sort of more interesting when you like what technology can do to um, like mass scan, yeah, kind of public records and yeah, yeah. all the hooks that it kind of makes automatically. Which no, are I totally think it's crazy. super cool. I mean, I've I've gone and I've looked at certain things. Like I went and found, uh, like the birth records and the marriage documents for like my great grandparents and my great great grandparents, mm-hmm. which exist in Jamaica yeah. on some, and they've been scanned into something, which is kind of cool. Is that um, in some way it's like colonial efficiency, right? 
I suppose so. What is interesting though is when I went to the oldest possible ones, they that's not supposed to sound racist at all. I, but I just I know that is the case. <laughs> in, in, um, that that <laughs> honestly, it's not. I don't think you have to do that here. No, I, I know. You're but, safe. No, I, I know. But I just you. like I was thinking about. It, I was like, huh. Yeah. What does it sound like? Jamaicans can't do this on our own kind of thing. But no, I know the the the. the, the I mean, that's that's part of it, though. They were it's, they it's were, inherited. They were notoriously um, but, record keepers. But the thing sense. that anyway. stood out to me was both the fact that cultivator was the profession for both my grandfather, cultivator. great 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 grandfather, and grandmother, great great grandfather and grandmother. It was cultivator was the profession, and then the they signed their names, both of them, with an X. Yeah. Um, which. I mean, that like really sort of hit me in the solar plexus a little bit. Um, the other thing that I definitely... What if, what if, they, if they were totally literate, but they were just like black nationalists? Just, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I want to believe, yeah. believe that's true. Yeah. Um, the one, there are a couple of points of pride in, in my family lore. One, though, is that Paul Bogle, who's a, a Baptist minister, I believe, who helped lead a protest that fomented a bloody colonial anti-colonial really? rebellion um on the island there's actually a statue of the man in montego bay uh, but he is supposed to be like a great 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 uncle or something like that um and my wow. grandmother's maiden name um well it's it's in the family so anyways i don't know how true that is it's part of the family lore the the last name is the same i suspect it's probably true um huh. but whatever i don't i don't really care about stuff like that i know that i have people in my in my ancestry who are totally monstrous and the fact that there happens to be someone who might be a bit legendary is of no consequence whatsoever like i am still the same remarkable person or piece of shit either way yeah well i mean there as a as an ex um talking about ex uh, people my favorite there's a great totally forgotten about and Mm -hmm. i think it's probably worthy of writing of like a, a a screenplay um, about Michael X. Mm. I don't know if anyone remembers Michael X. Uh, Michael X was Trinidadian, mm. um, and he was a Trinidadian black power guy um, who got a lot of support in the U.S. Um, V.S. Naipaul, the great uh, Trinidadian Indian writer, um, mm. but he he won the Nobel Prize, and he's um, wrote a bend in the river, etc. Um, wrote a book um, about that where X is. It's a it's about Michael X in a lot of ways, and he was accused mm-hmm. of murder and the rest of it. And um, it's a totally bizarre thing that's forgotten about because when he was accused, of, I think it was murder because he had this Black Power commune in London, but he was Trinidad and went back to Trinidad. Um, when he was accused, John Lennon paid his bail hmm. and John and Yoko had given money and like given things to be auctioned off. And Michael X was this thing. It was like, and it's, he's totally forgotten about it. Hmm. And uh, so if you look that up, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty... Um, it's a pretty interesting story and a totally bizarre character that, and, and something that could have only happened in the late sixties, early seventies. And he died in 1975. But it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing because, you know, I think that in non-political times, these people just would have been like local crazy people, mm. but they were empowered like in a Jim Jones kind of way by politics. Cause you know, I always referred to this as the Michael Moynihan free breakfast theory, <laughs> which is you can do whatever you want, provided you give kids free breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Black Panthers, they did free breakfast. And I was like, you yeah. know, they just killed 90 people. It's like, but you know, the free breakfast. <laughs> like, and they do this with like Hamas. It's like, you know, the social services have really gotten better Actually, under the Hamas. Chi- the Chinese get a little bit of that too. Totally. They I'm, built a hospital I'm, in six days. Pretty, it's yeah. True. It's like, I'm to, pretty to sure carry all the I've dead heard, people that they killed. I, and the, any Bernie Sanders supporters who are, are listening might get offended when I say this. But I'm pretty confident that I have heard Bernie Sanders 
of late be critical of the Chinese in his comments and then say something. But of course, you have to give them credit because there's mm -hmm. been so much economic growth in China. Of course, you don't have to give them any credit for that. That's not how that works. Yeah. They didn't do that. Yes. Market liberalizations have been successful. Yeah. And the fact that they removed their boot from the neck of the Chinese populace just yeah. sufficiently for some of these market holds to take market reforms to take place um, is no great accomplishment. No. Not one that you should be lauded for. <laughs> you don't get credit for that. No. Any more than Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, he kind of loosed the knot for a little while. You know, it was really nice. <laughs> no, he ate his ass. Yeah, yeah. He murdered him yeah. and ate him. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah. Is this, yeah. Too, is this too tight? T uh, <laughs> Sorry. But it, it, it's funny. It'll because, be over soon. No, no. Um, it, it's, uh, it's funny because that's the, the um, I've, I've often say the same thing um, about libertarians being wrong about, like, um, about Chile. And mm. it's like, yeah, the market reforms were like were successful, and it's like, yeah, it's true, they were. Mm -hmm. You don't have to shoot protest singers in soccer stadiums <laughs> while you're doing it. You just don't. You the libertarians don't get that wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. not look. I think that's I th that's I, a broad brush. The way I mean, that I usually think it goes is, no, Milton Friedman's a fucking monster. He was giving he was giving stuff. advice to the to the yeah. dictators. Yeah. Well, not so much. I think it's one of those things where if you get a call and someone says, "Look, we want to do something differently here. We want to get it right." You yeah, go Friedman, and you talk to them. Friedman's argument that w was that you know, if we could get anything out of this bad situation, uh -huh. it's best to. You know, it's like a lot of the people who joined the Trump administration. And again, this is not analogous in the way that like mm -hmm. Pinochet and Trump, but they're like saying, no, 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 we're trying to have a moderating influence on this. Sure. So don't denounce us yet. Let, let us see what we can do. I do think there's some benefit to that. Like if Beijing called me tomorrow and wanted to have a conversation, I would be very leery. And I would say, well, can we just do it over FaceTime so I don't have to actually come over there? You, you want to just do it over FaceTime? <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to not be able to leave. Is what I was, I'm, I'm not going to do an accent, but there's like, maybe yeah, they'll do, do it over TikTok or something. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a Chinese thing. TikTok. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's also, uh, there was one that annoyed me that, that was kind of good and then it was kind of annoying. And I think it was a planet money thing mm. about the Chicago boys. And there was, there was some, I mean, like I have critical of them in a lot of ways, particularly mm -hmm. the actual Chilean ones. Um, ones who really had, you know, were, 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 were totally happy that, that Pinochet was, was, you know, killing and jailing Allende supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing I always say about this is that, you know, this is apparently a very controversial view particularly controversial for someone like me, who's very, very critical of Pinochet. I mean, I've, I'm not, I have no, no um, sympathy at all. Um, despite the fact that, that Allende was, was in, by 1973, which is what people on the far left always call the other September 11th, which was September 11th, 1973, when, mm. when Pinochet took over and the, the uh, president's residence was bombed by the air force. And he, um, Andy killed himself. This has mm. become controversial, but it's it's widely understood and now known uh, that he killed himself with a scorpion machine pistol that was given to him by as a gift by Fidel Castro. Um, mm. So you know the the, the thing about uh, Pinochet, I, you know, I don't like um, you know Thatcher's embrace of him later when he was you know um, going to be prosecuted by this Spanish judge who was a dodgy character and everything, but still. You just don't want to get involved in that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I do, I do have to say in one sense, like he did give up power. Um, I don't think he wanted to. And that referendum, there's a very good uh, film about that referendum. And I met the director um, not long ago. And I think it, I think it was called Yes. It was maybe just called Yes. It was, it was a really, really good, and it was shot like in an 80s style. It was shot, it looks like it was shot in a camcorder, like mm. a, like a 80s camcorder. A uh, very good film. 
Um, but you know, the, the credit in that sense, it's like, well, he was pressured and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It, all this stuff, particularly in Latin America, particularly in the history, the recent history of, of, um, of the country is that it could have ended in a bloodbath and it didn't. Is that something to be proud of? Well, I mean, no, but it's not something to, to, to ignore either because, you know, the Castro dictatorship is still around because Fidel Castro, despite enormous economic issues and um, pressure from certain countries, um, uh, never, never gave up power. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a little something to be said, you know, trying to find a, a little kind of diamond in there. Diamond again, probably an overstatement. <laughs> uh, but I thought about this actually something similar when all these people were congratulating themselves mm-hmm. for not um, attacking Rush Limbaugh for having lung cancer. Like, mm. you know what? I'm usually a critic, but yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to say, I wish the guy recovery. I'm like, yeah, you're really, that's really admirable. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's human. It's like you yeah. didn't attack the guy with like stage four lung cancer. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. If that's your level of. You know, I mean, I just thought it was... Although, as I was stepping out of the house, I think I saw something blow past me that I hadn't had an opportunity to read yet, So, I'm, but I'm fine talking about it here on the Patreon. Yeah, do it. T- talk about it while I take my headphones off to get us wine, but continue. That's fine. That the Are you pres- done with that? Um, no, no, I'm still nursing okay. it. You know, right. I'm slow. Yeah, you're slow. Um, that the president was considering giving Rush Limbaugh a Presidential Medal of Freedom, which I have to imagine that there was probably some sort of conversation with someone in the administration about this. And I don't know if anyone said to him, this is a bad idea. Some people aren't going to like this. But if they did, it probably made the president want to do it more, Um, which, you know, whatever. The president can give trinkets to whomever he likes. Um, I I suspect a little bit of this is trolling, Um, not unlike last night uh, when the president was on on Twitter um, immediately stoking fears that the Democrats were again trying to rig this thing against Bernie um, as he's been talking about for I think he's this is not the first time recently that he's suggested that the Democrats would rig this thing against Bernie. This has been a a constant. Well, he desperately um, wants to run against Bernie. He's actually sort of prodding for some time. I, I don't I don't know if that's better for him. Well, um, I suspect, there, well the I rally I was it at probably is rally I was at. He was very clearly, mm-hmm. um, he was very clearly um, talking about Bernie as if he was his opponent. Yeah, um, and he was like, "This is what we're gonna. <laughs> this is how we're gonna do it." Yeah, I suspect that probably is better for him. In as much as I think there's some shared DNA between Trump and Bernie on the populism side mm-hmm. of things, um, the fact that you can call Bernie a socialist and a communist over and over again, mm-hmm. and that that is still a foul, stinking word mm-hmm. um, in some parts of America, perhaps not here in Brooklyn, uh, but in some parts of America. Uh, yeah, I think that might give the president a little bit of an advantage. Um, yeah. and, and even amongst uh, well-informed Democratic voters, uh, there, there seems to be a, a lot of concern and trepidation about the rise of Bernie Sanders, that he is perhaps trying to advance things too quickly, too, 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 too far too quickly. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I would say uh, to the um, uh, to the presidential medal of freedom, I, I would I would be surprised. I, I'm not surprised in a lot of ways because you know the presidential medal of freedom is a ideological award often, um, mm-hmm. and you know it's you know George W. Bush, you know, gave it. But people are much more deserving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I I feel bad for anybody who's who's going through something like yeah. he's going through, but you know he's a he's a flame throwing. 
um, not entirely honest uh, mm-hmm. uh, radio host. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's um, the person you give it to. But you know, you, you know, I'm looking through because I remembered that Bush gave it to m- my favorite historian Robert Conquest mm. and another favorite historian of mine who died, I think, at a hundred years old, Jacques Barzan, mm. who um, is really just someone uh, you, you have to read, particularly a book called From Dawn to Decadence, which is he was a Columbia University president. It is his masterwork and came out probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe. Uh, ter- terrific, terrific book. Um, but, you know, he gave, you know, Oscar Biscay, the, the Cuban dissident, Natan Sharansky, this is uh, George W. Bush. And, you know, this is, a, you get the same, a similar thing for, for you know, Gloria Steinem got it from from Barack Obama. And, um, but give uh, o- o- Obama huge credit in 2013 for giving it to Bayard Rustin, who is um, often completely forgotten about in in the history of um of sort of a civil rights struggle mm-hmm. but uh but yeah if you look through the list it's you'll, you'll find that there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are just i mean he, he, didn't he give it he gave it last year to um to uh what's his name um uh actor john yeah, voight yeah yeah he did that's yeah, right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you know john voight it's like why not and not because he loves his movies yeah <laughs> it's because he's like the only one in hollywood who's like he's the best president ever yeah you know but you know, maybe you should give one to uh, you know me. I'm I'm not going to be the the person to be particularly concerned about that sort of stuff. It's no, all God. trifles. No, um, Dawn to Decadence originally published in 2000. Oh, I was to, right on the money. Google, yeah, was I on the money? Or did I say in yeah, the 2000s? No, it does look it does look interesting. It's great. It's a real kind of and and, and Barzanox also wrote a book. I think I have it over here. I actually can see it. I think a book um, about writing. And and it, he's one of those guys that, that that pays attention to like economy of words and things mm. like that. And he's a, he's a he's a French national. I mean, but he wrote in English. I mean, he was a he he lived a lot of his life in the U.S. But a really tremendous historian. Mm. And that Dante Decadence is a great scope of human history kind of book, and one that is really digestible and really really, I think, on the right side of. You know, I just I just think that the way he frames it is is, mm-hmm. is something is the way yeah, I kind of look at things. Some of those projects, I mean, they will be weighty, dear, weighty dear God. Times. I mean, that's that multiple volumes, the sets. life work, right? Yeah, uh, that that is that is a a really uh, terrific book. I said um, to a bunch of people, well, I said on this podcast on the, on on the Patreon podcast um, to like a reader mail, I said something about Norman Stone. The historian and his great book from Don, um, not from Don, I just said that. I've been drinking one. Uh, the Atlantic and its Enemies. Hmm. And like 10 people have emailed me and said, not only that they've read it, they're like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And I hmm. can't believe I've been, I missed this. And um, thank you for the recommendation. And that is particularly because of the writing, the mm-hmm. style of writing, and, and how it's very much through Norman Stone's prism. And he talks about, he's, a lot of, it's funny and it's a weighty history book, but it's a hmm. funny, funny book. And maybe you weren't here. It might have been we did it with Matt. Um, but that book, um, which I have a copy of here, I can show it to you, um, people really enjoyed. And mm. I was really happy when people uh, emailed me that, oh, by the way, someone told us, um, a guy from Texas, who's been making these kind of documents about the show, mm-hmm. um, which I got to start posting. Mm-hmm. Because he does these really cool things where um, it's like labor intensive too, where he talks about all the book references. And he puts them in this amazing format and i yeah. was like really appreciative of it yeah, yeah. and we got to find a place to post those and kind of do something yeah, for our social media embed it into the website and and link it yeah we should well. do that or like mm-hmm. facebook or whatever i don't yeah. know do we have facebook we do have oh, facebook okay. it's, yeah well, we don't pay attention we'll to work it. on it yeah we gotta work on that yeah there's, there's a policy 
<laughs> in fact, keep going. Yeah, yeah. That's well. Why don't we do that? In a sense, I wanted to talk at the. We'll talk at the end about that one article that I'm interested in talking about. Um. Uh, but first, let's let's do a little mail. Okay. Because we always do this, and I always start with the same thing. Really sorry, guys. I'm super behind, but there's so much to get to, and <laughs> we'll I will do so. Um, and, and even stuff that if, if I've missed, um, you can send me another one, remind me. Um, but we've got some great mail. The guy who's doing these sheets, these like sheets of like, um, the Texas guy, Texas orator is what he calls himself. I can say that. I don't want to revealing a name. He sent us his most recent one. We have to do something with that. Um, yeah, I saw that too. and, uh, he sent a second message. Mm-hmm. P.S. Can I read this? Yeah, okay. I think you should. <laughs> I think, I think it's fair. No names are mentioned. No names are mentioned, but there was a controversy i believe that you would say if you were living in hall yeah, any, anyone listens listening to this will know that to know. um yeah. yeah they'll know the reference but he he uh, and hopefully they won't snitch i tell i actually read this email to texas order i read this to my crew when we were shooting uh-huh. and there was like five or six of us in a car and they were like you gotta be kidding me uh, <laughs> p.s i had to seriously talk a buddy of mine off the ledge of getting, quote, I'll see you on Twitter, tattooed across his back. <laughs> he sees the quote as, an, as the encapsulation of the current political moment, and I guess he's not wrong. No, he isn't, but... Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Only, only a few people will get the reference. Get a, um, dude, make and, a fucking t-shirt. Yeah. Like, make a t-shirt. I agree. Because you know what if, happens if when... you have to do anything. When you change your mind about something, you throw yeah. the t-shirt away. Yeah. You know? I'll see you on Twitter on your back. Yeah. Might be hard to cover. So actually it depends on how many twi- uh, tattoos he already has. If he's yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. guys with like hundreds of tattoos. Sure, True. Go for it. True. And don't stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, keep so go- it'll be keep going. It'll be like a, you mean like a, like laced into like a bigger design. Like, sure, like one of those Yakuza kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Or an, an impact font. Just whatever. It's we have fine. a, well, the first one of these we did, I think we, we talked about our, we have a, we have a house tattoo artist here in Brooklyn. Do we? Yeah. I don't know. Did we talk about it? I don't about remember that. Maybe we One did. of the first emails we drinking. got on the Patreon, or maybe it's just a regular email. There's a guy who was like, like the show and he owns a tattoo shop in Brooklyn. He's like, I'll give you tattoos if you want them. We should go see him. Well, I mean, have... I don't know that I need any more work done. You, you... This, this thing on my arm, yeah. like after I had it done and the, the ink is like sort of risen and then fallen. And I was very concerned about having a full blown allergic reaction because I've uh-huh. seen photos and it is terrible shit. You can only imagine like how awful that would look. So I, I've often wanted to do more, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think so. All right. But I wouldn't mind visiting. Well, shop. This, maybe he can give me some advice on that. And then if it guy, goes yeah. terribly wrong, he would feel really bad. Well, the other thing is that I've just been really busy recently, and it's it's like I get things will strike me and they'll mm-hmm. hit me like in, in when I'm in the shower, walking, whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't respond to that email, you know. <laughs> and there's one um, that Matt took care of for me because mm-hmm. there's a guy upstate in upstate New York who owns a studio. Yeah, yeah. And he's just the guy with the furniture shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the studio mm-hmm. and his shop is amazing. And I I think I've actually been into it before. Is it's that like, right? Yeah, it's like a mid century modern um shop in Kingston, New York. I've heard and of this place. Yeah. It, it's like they sell like Danish furniture and like it's really cool. I'm gonna go visit it. They have shop. a they have a website and I'll I'll put it up sometime because he's a he's just from the, the emails with Matt has been interacting in a different way. Mm-hmm. And uh the the guy's great and 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 we like him a lot. And um, Matt had some recordings that he had made with a band a long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
there's a guy in the band who's not feeling so well these days and they wanted to do something before, before, you know, he had an operation or whatever. Hmm. Um, and there was on these old things, we used to call them DATs, yeah. the digital audio tape. And Matt contacted him and was like, dude, can you help me out with this stuff? And the guy was like, sure. And like, they've been chatting and the guy, he sent the, posted the tapes in the mail and the guy. Yeah. So, um, I might be up there soon. We have some friends up there in New York. It's a big thing to go upstate and yeah. people have houses up there. And I'm looking at one that I desperately want up there, but I don't have any money. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Working on that. Yeah, I'm working on that. Um, and um, yeah, so that guy, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll see if he doesn't mind if I say the name of the place, but you can figure it out. It's in Kingston. Um, if the, the furniture shop is really cool. Um, and just, um, I think he's a Patreon supporter. So I really appreciate him. Let's go into one more email. Uh, Jason says, um, oh, he sends a video. By the way, these have not been pre-screened. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just pulling random ones. And um, says, just wanted to recommend a really good video on cancel culture by a lefty YouTuber who was oh, recently the target of a... Contrapoints. T- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twitter hate mob. Word of warning. It's super long, although I feel like y'all, uh, uh, y'all of all people can't, uh, can't hold that against her. <laughs> yeah, Jason, that's right. It's like a Bruce Springsteen shirt every time we do it. It's a Wagner opera. So Contrapoints, did you watch this? I watched part of it, but it is super long. It's also, um, if I remember correctly, sort of in that new Twitter, new, it's not new. It's that yeah. YouTube style of video with like the jump cuts. That yeah, that's throughout. right. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's candidly, like I'm you don't too like old. Style. Yeah. It, it just, it feels weird. It, yeah. It's like hard to sit through. Um, and but she's like a Bernie lefty, right? I don't even know. I don't know much about her politics. Um, I do. She does seem like pretty bright, but she's really popular. Yeah. There's someone for whom that sort of stuff is, is created and it's probably not me. No, but I mean, at the same time, it's but like, I, I do want to, I do want to watch it. And I'd actually like, I'd be interested in learning more about her um, because I was talking to someone, a friend over, who was it? Let's, I think it was Coleman Hughes who I was talking to uh, over drinks at brunch on like Saturday. Um, and I think he was saying some very interesting. No, it wasn't Coleman Hughes. It was someone else. Um, and I won't I won't mention their name. Let's get her on. I want to want to out him. Uh, well, if we can. She, she, has, a pa- she has a Patreon. She has um, yeah. on YouTube uh, 835,000 yeah, subscribers. Of, she's kind of a big deal. She may not. Yeah. Really 1.7 million. Views. I think there was something about her in the New Yorker. Well, she's always getting canceled is the thing. So she may get us canceled formally. Well, look, listen to this. Uh, the, the, these are the, her videos. And just again, canceling, uh-huh. mm-hmm. opulence, yes. men, trans trenders. Yeah. And let's go down the view counts. 1.6, 1.2, yeah, yeah. 1.5, 1.4 million. Yeah, she's big. All guy. those big deal stuff. Yeah. I mean, and um, she has a 30 minute one about Jordan Peterson that has 2.4 million. Uh, one about incels that has 3.1 million. Mm-hmm. Stuff about the alt-right and, you know, things like that. And um, yeah, she seems to be this uh, lefty woman who I'm, um, you look, I got a lot of respect for somebody who's, who, who does something like this and uh, is this success- successful. So, I mean, she, according to her about page, has 47 million views. Mm-hmm. Now, c- c- think about that for a second. You know, I, I think this is, this is maybe a silly thing to say, is that when, some, when people say something to me about like a film or, or, or a piece that I've made or a film that I made or something, this happened to me um, uh, last weekend, I'm always so grateful and I'm always so happy. I'm so happy when people tell me that. I just like, mm-hmm. I really love it. And it's just like, you know, you kind of labor at this stuff and you don't know, it just goes on TV or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and just, sure. and then it's something new is on TV and maybe somebody writes an email or whatever. 
or tweets at you, but you know, there's a lot of noise out there. But when someone does it to you in person, yeah, you're like, oh my God, this is so nice. And like, I, I can't believe that that's people watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, like we did a trade film. Uh, my friend Sean and I, he's my producer, uh, one of my producers, uh, a great guy, great producer, mm-hmm. uh, brilliant. We were on the road for a long time, maybe six months on and off doing this trade film and went on HBO and then HBO didn't put it up for like months, six months, five months. And they did now, and um, I don't know. I'll look right, right, um, uh, right now. But I was shocked by the number of people who had seen it. Hmm. Um, yeah, really? Um, three million. Wow. Yeah. So it's, a, it's we, we did a, we got it uh, in the last year. It's been watched three million times, and we got um, we got HBO to agree to do a, a whole the whole show. Because the weekly show was two five, 15 minute pieces. Uh, yeah. we, we, Vice on HBO, the weekly show. And so we. This is asked, the one where you did like the iPhone, iPencil. Yeah, exactly. Thing. That yeah. was the iPencil thing. Yeah. So that was like uh, the Leonard Reed yeah. ripoff. But uh, it turned out really well and I was pretty happy with it. Um, and then I still can't figure out how it got 3 million views. But it was, um, there was a bit of it that was played on John Oliver. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, they cut it. There's some humanity in those people, by the way, mm. because there's these guys at the beginning who are like in a factory and they're like, we love Donald Trump. And the guy's like, I said, what would you say to Donald Trump if you met him? And he'd say, I love you, man. And he's like, starts crying and stuff. And he's playing that on, on, um, on John Oliver's show. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do that and like make fun of him for being, oh, mm-hmm. like with a mm-hmm. accent. And they didn't. And I thought that was actually really respectful that because is- the guys were super cool and I really yeah. liked them a lot. It was a family, a whole family. Uh, grandkid, uh, dad, grandfather that worked at this factory, um, this um, aluminum factory. And so, yeah, so this three million views and, and, and when someone comes up to you and says something about it, you're like, oh, that's, those are like people that watch that. Right. <laughs> I can't get my head around it. Yeah. And it's really, really, really nice. That's why when we get all these emails, I feel super bad if this stuff that I don't respond to and I try to as much as possible because I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I know, I know how much Matt does. Um, you can speak for yourself, but I, I know how much Matt uh, um, is now getting some of the uh, Patreon mm-hmm. uh, automatic emails that say when people subscribe. And I think he's been emailing people personally. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's nice because I mean, because we really, really do appreciate it. And yeah. when people write these things saying that it's helpful to them to listen to this in certain times in their life, mm-hmm. it's like, you guys don't understand. It's like helpful to us too. I mean, like, no, I love it's, it's doing wonderful. This. It's I wonderful to get that it. kind of feedback when you, when you hear from someone that something you've done, like really mattered to them or arrived yeah. at the right time or t- yeah. gave them a sense of community. Um, one more uh, Patreon message from Thomas, mm-hmm. who is uh, a patron. Um, his message is about the previous episode and the conversation that we had towards the end of the podcast, not mm-hmm. the controversy at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but the bit about respectability politique. Um, and yeah. last week, I think Matt was saying that my, my aspiration was not a prediction. It was my hope. It was the, the thought <laughs> that there might be a silver, silver lining yeah. with the Trump administration that maybe people would start to have contempt for um, certain kinds of governmental uh, encroachments into their everyday lives. Uh, oops, something oh, playing on my playing on your what is it? iPad contrapoint? No, it was some. It was <laughs> maybe something from Vice because I was looking for the thing to try to help you out. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. The silver lining that I I've talked about a bunch of times, and I should add a little bit of context for anyone who cares. 
the reason that I said so was because in the 1970s, there was, in fact, a bit of uh, a recoil uh, because of various abuses that had taken place within yep. the intelligence community. And, of course, the Church the, Commission in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. of course, the misconduct of the Nixon administration. There were a lot of reforms aimed at restricting executive power and generally speaking about uh, getting rid of a lot of the, the sort of a glut of secrecy that existed. Um, that Americans generally thought was not good, that mm-hmm. this was bad. Um, so as a result of that, there were reforms. And my thought was, you know, if you've got glaring abuses of power or people who are conducting themselves in really gross and despicable ways, and it seems like, well, maybe we ought to do something about this. Maybe we, maybe we can curtail the power of the executive branch and sort of move to some new sort of equilibrium that's at least a reasonable thing to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the last podcast, I think we broadly agreed that this really hasn't happened, that a lot of people seem to be asking for something else. But Thomas pushes back a little bit, mm-hmm. trying to defend the point. Um, and he points to the impeachment um, itself, the votes to turn down funding for the border wall. Um, he points to the courts and the fact that there's been uh blocking questions about citizenship in sense in the census, um, blocking the executive order with respect to the travel ban, also known as the Muslim ban, mm-hmm. uh, colloquially and by the president himself when he was running for office. Um, and That's right. um, <laughs> we forget about that. And with respect to it's not a Muslim ban, but you called it that. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> that was the whole point. Too. Forget gonna, about we're it. We're going to not let the Muslims yeah. come in here until we can yeah, figure put out what Greenland the on the list, on. and we'll, we'll like make it not a Muslim. Ban. Um, and um, with journalists all uh, working very hard to essentially go after the president and mm-hmm. figure out whether or not he's you know. There are violations of the emoluments clause. And various I other things. see what he's saying, and I I would say that that is yes, it's a good it's point. True. Yeah, it's true. It is made. It is made the, the but it's from the yeah. It's made the opposition it, come harder. The opposition come yeah. harder, and yeah, they're yeah. using all of the tools at their disposal to come harder. I think the difference, though, from my perspective, is I would have liked to see some sort of genuine change of heart. Uh, amongst the populace. And part of the reason why a lot of this doesn't seem to me like an actual material change in the political attitudes mm-hmm. um, is because just like with Barack Obama, when he was elected to office, like he was concerned about executive overreach exactly right. and talked about a lot of uh, talks frequently about the fact that the president can't do all of these things on his own and all of these executive yeah. orders were a very serious problem. But then once he was in office, he sure. was concerned. He he was concerned about Congress not helping out. And he said, I've got a pen and a phone and I can do what I need to do to get things done. Yes. And the Democrats who had been previously upset about executive overreach said, fuck yeah, hell yeah, do what you need to do, Mr. President. Yeah. You're the one that we've been waiting for. And precisely the same thing happened with the dumb wars, which we didn't get out of. And yeah. precisely the same thing happened with the um, domestic surveillance, which again, the Obama administration made a lot of noise about that when he was candidate Obama. And by the time he actually got into office, he didn't do shit about it until Edward Snowden forced him to. And Guantanamo was supposed to close on day one. Yeah. It was supposed to close on day one. And that was actually a point that, um, Glenn Greenwald was actually quite good on was, was, was he saying, well, you know, I have this resistance of Congress and he was like, well, here's why that's wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, Thomas, I think there's no H as Thomas. Uh, his point, I, 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 I get his point, and I think that I'm, I'm glad that he, he sent it to us. 
Um, I would agree with Camille in the sense that, you know, if it's a temporary pushback um, for ideological reasons, I had somebody tell me at a Bernie Sanders rally, um, the fir- his first day in office, Bernie's executive orders are going to be blah, 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 blah. And I was <laughs> exactly. like, do you not know this is bad? We want to yeah. get away from the executive orders and, and, the, and the concentration of power in the executive. And they were like, yeah, no, I know. No, but we just th- need the right guy. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, uh, I pulled the email up. He ended his email. Um, well, as a PS to it, but mm-hmm. read that too. But he says, again, thank you for the nuanced thought. Even if I disagree with the majority of your conclusions, Thomas, come on, man. <laughs> we love you. But I actually, I dig those emails. I do too. Those I are my too. favorite ones. No, it's people like, who, like, who yeah, write in and say, oh, I disagree. I don't like it. I'm a Bernie it, supporter and we listen to the podcast. You know what? The, 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 the Patreon thing is like beyond, you know, offsetting the, the cost that, the, the, to, to keep us up for the past four years. Uh-huh. We're, we're, going, we're going backwards in paying costs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it also keeps the level of conversation, um, really, really smart mm-hmm. and really respectful. And like people who pay for the Patreon don't go tell you to fuck yourself like they do on Twitter all the time. So that's mm-hmm. actually quite cool. But he had a PS when I was in South Korea, I was in South Korea when episode 151 was released and, uh, Moynihan made the statement that the country felt betrayed by the president's actions with regard to ending military exercises without notice. Obviously an anecdote, but when politics came up in discussion, the Korean people with whom I had engaged had positive views of the president. Also, as I write this, uh, with the, as I write this, the Korean contractor next to me has a picture of the president pinned up at his desk, <laughs> which is, I appreciate that too. Um, I don't have the, 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 um, figures in front of me. And when I was in Korea, it was, it was, uh, last there and it was, it was, uh, a, a concern. Um, and I guess it depends on who you hang out with. Um, but I look at the, the, the numbers and you've provoked me to doing that. So, uh, appreciate that Thomas. Mm. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Alexandra, whom we have, um, uh, I think I've interacted with her before. I know she's, a, she's been around for, um, um, yeah, I think she's been around for a bit. Um, and I haven't read this yet, so. Um, I've been listening to y'all since the first episode and you all the, uh, the podcast I look forward to listening to most during the week. I don't have a ton of friends who aren't of the quote, eat the rich variety, uh, but there are a couple <laughs> and we all listen to the podcast and enjoy talking about it when there's something funny or contentious. I hope it's often funny. Um, we're too nice to be contentious except for a few recent examples. Um, and then she says that she read, uh, say nothing. Uh, Patrick Radden Keefe's book and I wanted to send Patrick Patrick's a great guy mm-hmm. brilliant journalist I wanted to send him a thing and I said like, you know God, an invoice oh. <laughs> yeah this is the thing here's the thing I did uh, and so many emails like this was such a great book yeah because it is a really great book yeah and I was like Patrick you owe me like at least a couple beers uh-huh. and then when I I swear to God I actually never sent this email when I was going to Barack Obama <laughs> released his his list of books of the year and, and it was on and, there. and so nothing was on it and i'm like All right, i don't think i can actually claim any special um but she's gotten into the troubles um she's working her way through peter taylor's three books by the way which is the book about the provos a book about the brits um and a book about the loyalists, uh, all three of which are very good. And Peter Taylor also made very good documentaries. They're all available on YouTube. Hmm. Um, and then she asks a question. What would you, I guess this is directed to Moynihan, although I'm interested in suggestions from everyone, recommend for books that focus on specific elements of the period rather than functioning as a high-level overview? Well, it hmm. depends on how um, uh, specific you want to be. I would say two things. Um, I guarantee you, if you loved... Um, um, you know, the, the Patrick Ryden Keefe book that you will absolutely love this book. 
and it's a terrible story. And it was released in 1998. And when I read it, it changed my view of the entire conflict, um, which I have, uh, you know, not a direct connection to, but I've, I've been, you know, paying attention to, and, you know, the first thing I ever did for Vice was a do- documentary, about Northern Ireland, um, is a book by Eamon Collins. And Eamon Collins, and this is off the top of my head, so please um, forgive me, it's been a long time. I believe he was the intelligence chief, or he was a member of the Army Council in the South Armagh Brigade of the IRA, which is the one on the border of the Republic. And he flipped, and he wrote a book about it, and a book called Killing Rage. And it is really an amazing document. And um, I can't recommend it highly enough. It was a granter that published it, and you can... Uh, find it uh, on Amazon for probably a dollar or so. But Eamon Collins wrote this book, and I believe he refused to go into hiding after the book uh, came out. And uh, he was walking his dog not long after the book came out, and he was savagely murdered. Hmm. Savagely murdered. The description of the murder is obviously not in the book. The book was written by Eamon Collins, Mm -hmm. um, but it is really, really hideous and horrifying. And I would also recommend another book by somebody who flipped. These books are often, you know, there's a lot of romantic ones from people um, who have been in the movement and remained in the movement. But there's one I can actually see it here. I have a little paperback of it because it's very, there's two of them right next to each other, 50 Dead Men Walking and The Informer, hmm. which is, you see that on the top shelf, that little paperback mm-hmm. with his Sean O'Callaghan's book. Sean O'Callaghan was a high ranking IRA man who flipped too and ended up moving to England and is the most hated man in the Republican uh, movement. He died recently of natural causes. And I believe at one point, um, the Republican movement was made a lot of hay out of the fact, uh, and Republicanism in its Sinn Féin IRA variety is a left of center movement, very far left of center movement. And um, Sinn Féin, who's now actually gaining in the polls in the Republican and might unseat the Taoiseach in the, in the Republic now. Um, uh, Leo is gonna is up for some some surprises soon, but Sean O'Callaghan was, I believe, the big controversy at one point was that he was robbed by a man in his London home, um, in in some sort of um that he had taken home from a gay bar, mm. and that became a big point that Republicans like to attack him for because you know, you know that that book is really it's really something else, and they did extra time trying to discredit it, but it's a fascinating book in a woman who I would say that people call her a revisionist historian. She's fascinating to follow on Twitter and I'll end on this one. She writes obsessively in a way. She was very good friends with Sean O'Callaghan about the troubles and particularly, and I'm telling you this up front, it's very, very much opposed to the Republican movement, particularly a Republican Sinn Féin, not so much the SDLP and the sort of more mainstream um, Republican movements. Uh, if you can even call them Republican, is a woman named Ruth Dudley Edwards, who's a columnist and uh, at the Sunday Independent, and she also has a Twitter feed at Ruth D.E. Uh, that is a very anti-Sinn Féin, Jerry Adams kind of feed. But the reason I recommend those things is if you listen to stuff about the troubles within the context of the United States, you tend to get a very, very skewed, positive vision of Sinn Féin and the IRA and the uh, Republican movement and not so much of the unionist movement, who are also full of scumbags and the rest of it. Um, and actually, you know, I'll say one final thing. There was a documentary series that I recommended to somebody on BBC Northern Ireland uh, this year. And somebody, I think it was Slugger O'Toole, who is a uh, blogger from, uh, from Northern Ireland, 
who writes a lot about this stuff. I think he posted them online and it's recently um, called Spotlight on the Troubles. And I think it's six parts. I have all of them in high resolution if you'd like me to post them somewhere because <laughs> I can't get them anywhere else. And good God, is it amazing. Hmm. I mean, it is, I mean, they broke news consistently every episode that came out last year in September. Wow. September 2019, it was coming on BBC Northern Ireland. I think it played also in the other BBC um, in the United Kingdom too, other parts of the United Kingdom. Uh, Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. <laughs> um, and it is really, it broke news and it was, it was fascinating and mm. really heartbreaking and really brilliantly done. It has those cheesy standups that those guys do. In the, yeah. In those, but you know, it's still really, really worth it. So, um, Alexandra, um, appreciate your support. You've been around for a while and I've, and, uh, and she says, come to Dallas. Everybody. I hear it a lot. Come to Dallas. Yeah. Right. Should we do one more? Uh, if you got it. I got it, man. Don't. What do we have? 120? I can't see. Iron 20 in? Are you checking? I just checked. Yeah. I just checked. Um, uh, oh, this is the one. Okay. Huge fan of the podcast. My brother was a long time listener. He got me hooked early last year and I've been a regular listener since. This is Alex. Just wanted to send my thanks and appreciation as well as one small request. Ooh. Camille, this Ooh. is for you. Ooh. If Ken Burns ends up coming on the show, because I mentioned this because I hung out with Ken Burns, shot something with him, mm-hmm. and he was a great guy, mm-hmm. really liked him. And the conversations I had privately with him um, really made me really like him. <laughs> huh. Just a great dude um, and really talented. The Vietnam documentary was amazing. He is probably politically opposite of everything that, that, that uh-huh. we, not everything, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff we believe. And he said, if Ken Burns ends up coming on the show, please press him on the Central Park Five documentary he made back in 2012, hmm. which, incidentally, I think he made with his daughter. Suffice it to say that when you actually look at the case in detail, past all the bullshit that is peddled from every news outlet, the review uh, and review the loads of documentation related to it that is publicly available, 200,000 pages of police court records, 11 recorded interviews, Armstrong Report, Galligan Report, Ryan Report. Obviously, this guy's not what he's talking about, mm-hmm, by the way, Alex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see how poorly researched his documentary was. For someone who's made made so many great documentaries, it's utterly baffling how he could have put his name on this agenda-driven documentary, which was also a pet project of his daughter. So yeah, I was worried about Dear God. Thanks and happy new year from if, Alex. If we do have a conversation with him, we may have to have Alex come by. Um I, I am I am somewhat familiar with yeah. some of the the uh unorthodox takes on the Central Park Five. And I don't mean that to suggest that they aren't credible takes. Yeah. I mean that to suggest that there is received wisdom about the case. Um, and I am, I am dubious of much of the received wisdom yeah. knowing only the, the small amount that I do mm-hmm. um, about the, about the other things. Uh, I mean, I think the, there's something to be said for sort of false confessions um, that can be extracted from people. Um, but there's also something to be said for legitimately collected forensic evidence that places people at the scene um, and suggests that they may have had some interaction with this person who was assaulted. In yeah, the- I don't know about um, b- about this, but um, Linda Fairstein, um, who was the prosecutor mm-hmm. and was a sex crimes prosecutor, by the way, right. um, reacted very strongly to the Netflix series that was done by Ava DuVernay uh-huh. um, and saying that this was... Um, really unfair to her. Mm -hmm. But it's funny also, there was a documentary that came out recently and I Mm -hmm. think I might've recommended it to people. Um, There's parts of it that I like, a lot of parts that I don't like, but AMC uh, did a documentary on the central, uh, on the, um, another central park thing on uh, the preppy uh, killer 
hmm. who killed uh, Robert Chambers, who killed Jennifer Levin in Central Park. And when I was a kid, I remember nothing on the news but that for a year. It was the cover of the New York Post every day. Hmm. And in that film, Linda Fairstein, who is, who is um, uh, interviewed in it, is a hero. Hmm. As, um, as like a feminist and as a um, sex crimes prosecutor who really went hard after Robert Chand- Chambers, who's an absolute rat bag, mm-hmm. like just really like, and he was this very, very good looking guy who was from the Upper East Side, but not as rich as he one would have thought because he hung out with those people. But it's a, it's a good doc to, to watch. And Amanda Knox, um, who I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I don't know if I should be a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda's an incredibly talented person, an incredibly smart person. I think you've mentioned this with precisely that caveat at another, at another time. Oh, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had mentioned it, but mm-hmm. Amanda did a podcast about the Chambers case too. Um, mm. And I have to drop her line about that, but she's, she's um, very smart. And I want to have her on the podcast because I think that people might be surprised at just how smart Amanda is and mm. just how interesting she is in a lot of subjects. And um, if you watch the Netflix documentary about her, um, which I recommend that you do, um, you could maybe get a sense of how unfairly she was treated, um, particularly with the, the, the joke that was the Italian justice system when it came to that case. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been exonerated, but it, it took a long time. And of course, uh, as Amanda well knows, a lot of people, because of the, the way that that case was handled, um, don't believe that exoneration. Mm-hmm. Um, I assure you that um, if you look at the evidence, you might come to the conclusion that that it is absolute horseshit. As as I as I did before, I became uh, fr- friends with Amanda and and her boyfriend, soon to be husband, um, and I like them a lot. And and they're both great people and both very very smart and um, both um, you know might 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 be more like the fifth column than you might imagine. Hmm. <laughs> but they're great people and so anyway i got lost in that because she did a uh podcast about the chambers thing and uh it's also interesting usually because she she can relate a lot of this stuff and the coverage of jennifer levin um who was murdered um and how it was how she was portrayed by by um robert chambers defense attorney um and she got a lot of the exact same thing mm-hmm. um and it's interesting when she weaves that into it but but um, Amanda's a great person, and um, I really like that. But I, I would say that Linda Fairstein, uh, Verstein actually, um, who, who, who ran the sex crime unit at the, the DA's office um, for, God, I don't know how long, 25 years, something like that. Um, I think she got a pretty rough rap on, on that Central Park stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of those things that why did you want why were you out for blood on September 12th, 2001? Because now it's 2020 and I realized that, you know, not, we, we shouldn't have gone to Afghanistan, et cetera. To putting yourself in that situ- situation, and I think of it as like the September 12th problem in a way, mm. to control your emotions and, and, and look at the evidence. I don't know the totality of the evidence. And I, I, our correspondent mm-hmm. uh, here appears to be very well <laughs> versed in it, um, Alex. Yeah. And um, I trust that he's done a lot of research. But it's one of those things. You get an email like that, the person is either very smart or crazy. This is someone who seems smart. very smart. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, this guy is like referencing the Armstrong report, the Gallagher report, uh-huh. the re- and, and it's well written. And yeah, like, yeah. you can tell. And this yeah. is not one of them. Yeah. But um, we occasionally get the other kind. Yeah. We don't read those, though. Yeah. Well, we don't read them in the air. Yeah. We sometimes read them. We try to. Well, we read everything. But, yeah. but that one. But yeah, thank you for that, Alex. And you're going to do this thing, man. You're going to do this goddamn thing where 
the second we're done with this, I'm going to like start looking this. It's going to be fucking three in the morning and it'll be like the Galligan report, like smoking cigarettes and like drinking vodka sodas. I'm, I'm trying not to get pulled into that. I Dude, another, I get it. So do you do, thing you do it too, I'm don't contemplating you? Contemplating doing. Yeah. What? Like, like a, like a deep dive thing. And, well, I started compiling all of the data for the Oscars and oh. um, the Grammys. So, yeah. You're doing that. I start. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that? No, I don't. Okay. Well, uh, just see what happens. I mean, you just said enough that they know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it. I've done enough that I have the data. Yeah. So I just, I have to like compile it. Actually, the important, the challenging part is to actually go back once you have it all assembled and then you have to scrub it and put it into the proper format. But then you actually have to go back and look at the race of these people, which can be challenging because especially for me, it's not just phenotype. Yeah, I need yeah, to yeah, I need yeah, to find yeah. you saying the thing. I need to find you yeah. saying the thing. Um, this is much harder, so you have to limit the data set a little bit. Because um, our our race discussion is all through the prism of award shows now. Well, yeah, exactly. At least for at least for the next week and a half, we'll see. Did you see the Joaquin Phoenix thing? Um, no, I think I sent it to you. No, I didn't see it. Oh, he he got a BAFTA, oh. which is the British uh-huh. equivalent of an Oscar, basically. Uh huh. Um, and he gave a speech um against white supremacy did he yeah um and and the great great enemy he got a standing ovation and all that stuff and the headline in the bbc was like you know how brilliant he is and everything Mm -hmm. and i just realized that to pick up an award you have to have a speech like that to actually for them to give it to you well for that particular award because he's supposed to in that portrayal of the joker he is in some way shape or form the embodiment of like white rage and oh that's like why. the the id of the alt-right what yeah that's why yeah oh shit i didn't know he's got to distance himself from that <laughs> political I'm nonsense a, i'm a bozo i didn't yeah. know that oh that's why he did it. yeah so, okay. i mean maybe he'll clear the way for himself to to win an academy award as well although i guess the voting works in a slightly different way for those top tier films now yeah um but yeah. you got some stuff coming. More, more we could say about that at some point. Perhaps. Oh, by the way, we, there's been a bit of a fallow period um, for the Patreon just because it, it doesn't happen often. Has there? Well, not I guess, really. I guess so. Yeah. There's been one. I mean, we, we've been releasing a lot. And I mean, we have a lot of stuff coming. Mm. I, I have a couple things that I have to Me too. Yeah. Uh, edit. You have the China stuff, the, the Hong Kong stuff you have to edit. Among um, other things. People, people are like, look, I need to. Oh, someone, by the way, I'm not going to shame you on, on the air. I'm going to shame you. Go ahead. Was like signed up for the Patreon. I was like, dude, where's the Duray episode? <laughs> like, I haven't. I haven't actually. I haven't. I mean, I have it loaded up. I haven't started on it. Come on, I will. Man. I will. I will. You know what I you're will. mad about? You're like you. 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 you I'm not f- mad. I just no. Have but you're other doing stuff the fucking on. thing that you do, and you're like, what? I didn't push back hard enough, and I'm mad. That no, I that's not even it. Okay. That's really not it. Right. I, I. It doesn't bother me. I think what will probably come across in the audio, and I honestly, I just have not listened to it all the way through, is um, that I was probably a bit agitated because I was genuinely trying to have a productive conversation with him. And I, yeah. I spent like the first half of it, like just being, you know, nice and complimenting him. So mm. it, it's just a bit annoying when it, right. it doesn't work out. Okay. So I think it's, it's more it, that though. than the other thing. Just yes. send it to me. I'll put it yeah. up on the Patreon. No, I'll get it. Um, uh, let's see. Can I do one more? Ben. Um, absolutely my favorite podcast. I'm listening to the Dead Letter Office number one podcast. That was when Matt and I went through the mailbag. And you may address this later, so apologies if so, but it'd be oh. great to have a place, Facebook group or something, to connect with fellow listeners. And here's why. 
I am relatively new to Wichita, Kansas. Hmm. And you just mentioned someone named Seth in Wichita who was a Never Fly coach member. And man, oh. it sounds like we could be friends. Man. Keep it up and thank you for letting us give you money. Oh, he's in Wichita. <laughs> I should introduce him to my good friend Charles. You have a friend of Charles in Wichita? Oh, it's oh. a joke. It's <laughs> a joke. Oh, the Coke-topus. Um, yeah. This is, by the way, Ben Coke. <laughs> the, the, the forgotten Coke. Ben, um... Uh, Charles will change your life. It's so be like a Willy so, Wonka. Yeah, so Seth, I'll be emailing you uh, to see if it's cool if I give your contact to Ben. But yeah, we got to do something like that to yeah. get everybody together. Look, and if you guys happening. get married, that'd be great. It'll be the first Smith Gala wedding. <laughs> and you know who would support it? Charles. That's right. <laughs> Charles That's is cool true. with that shit. He yeah. is cool with that shit. Um, so yeah, Ben, uh, Seth, you guys are now friends and we're going to, we're going to make you uh, friends. Uh, this is just a bunch of email. Ashok, uh, we're talking. I was actually emailing with him about bars. Um, and I tell him to go to a bar in the in the uh, East Village called Mona's, hmm. and he enjoyed it because it's like a it's like a junky dive bar with a great jukebox. Um, is he visiting town or he's here? I don't know. I think he might be here. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, this guy said, "Oh, damn it!" This guy Dave. God, Dave. I'm sorry. He said I said that I was going to be in Florida. And he said he wanted to buy me a drink. Um, and um, it, it, well, he said, if not, then please come to lovely Sacramento. Hmm. Don't scoff at that too hard, please. I, as I have been to live here now. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, he moved there in autumn from L.A., which advanced his wife's career substantially. But I suspect we've erased my chances of attending a Fifth Column live episode taping. So I look forward to, uh, instead to, uh, to a chance to pass through uh, pass by you or uh, uh, one of the other conspirators. Either way, I hope you enjoy your non-vacation vacation in Florida. Um, uh, Dave, uh, here's the thing. When we do something, because we there's so much tumult in all of our lives right now, mm -hmm. um, and I, I have I have references before, but I am doing a television show, which I'm hosting and um, doing with some great people, and hopefully will be something new and different on television, and, and you know it'll probably get us canceled right away, but in both ways, canceled on the internet and canceled by the network. But um, uh, when that is settled, we're going to do our little tour thing. And we've been talking a lot about it. And if we are in your area or even within a couple hundred miles, uh, tell me and we'll work something out. I'll send you an Uber or something because you've been, you're, you're very nice. Mm. Um, what? I mean, I'm doing that. Good. Well, it's just people are really it's cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, well, all right. There's a, there's a lot more, but we'll get to them the next time. Yeah. Um, final thing. Did you read the Goop article? Um, no, I didn't read it. I, I saw the response to it. <laughs> you saw a response? Nurse, I, nursing my, uh, my Achilles. Um, so I just, I just want to say this, like, <laughs> Goop is one of my most hated things. And there was a piece in the opinion page. It's not surprising coming from you. Yeah. Because well, you're a slimy misogynist. <laughs> Jesus. Goop, you're so goopy. <laughs> it was run by men. I'd love it. I, obviously, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a piece. I, I want my pseudoscience with a side of penis and testicles, please. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> the most disgusting image I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Good God, puking in my mouth. Um, I, there's a piece on the New York Times. I can't believe they published this called "Who's Afraid of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop?" Uh, like doctors? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the subtitle was "A Long History of Hating on Woo," uh, which is, you know, I think actually might have even started with James Rante going at hating woo. on Woo, like woo. -woo. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, and it's like, in uh, I just, <laughs> I, just I, I just can't. You really have to. Um, I, 
you really have to read this. I don't even think I can talk about it because it's so frustrating. Uh, um, which, the, the word science has morphed into a virtue signal. No, it hasn't. Well, we're going to record tomorrow, so we can... We oh, can, yeah, that's we right. Can, we're doing a proper episode tomorrow. Yeah, we can, I can read it, and we can... Yeah, do let's this, we read can this, it. and then we can sum idiot this, because it is... <laughs> I, I like that you already know that it's... Um, uh, um, wait. I saw Steven Pinker tweet oh, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I happen to know what Goop is, and I've also walked in on my wife, who is probably several episodes in, <laughs> and I'm like, "Sweetheart, oh, are the, you really are you really watching this?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's just something to watch." I was like, "Tracy, it's, it's yeah. like nonsense." Yeah, I mean, well, watch Schindler's List. I mean, there's something to watch. <laughs> it's just I mean, something to watch. No, that's not Tracy. I love don't, you, but don't tell my like, don't tell my wife no. <laughs> that I told you about this. It's um. Uh, like I love this criticism of Goop is founded at least in part upon deeply ingrained reserves of fear, loathing, and ignorance about things we cannot see, touch, authenticate, prove, or quantify. I mean, (laughs) think about that sentence for a bit. We're fearful of things that we can't prove or quantify. Mm -hmm. Man, what jerks we are. Yeah. That's amazing stuff. So yeah, I think we'll get into that tomorrow. Um, Oh, uh, oh man. Okay. This is, I didn't even notice this line. And this is because they're women, apparently. This is this is the gender politicsification of everything stupid, mm-hmm. you know. Because, like, I mean, let's, you know, if there's like, I wonder what these people think about those who question climate change. Throughout history, women in particular have been mocked, reviled, and murdered, murdered for maintaining knowledge and practices that frighten, confuse, and confounded quote the authorities, namely the church and later medicine. Mm. Criticism of Goop is founded, as I just said, that one. It's emblematic of a cultural insistence that we quash intuitive measures in, quote, other ways of knowing, the sort handed down by, via oral tradition, which for most women throughout history was the only way of knowing. In other words, it's a classic patriarchal devaluation. Wow. That's what criticizing Goop is. You remember wow. the patriarchy? This is in the New York Times. Huh. Yeah. I mean, what do you even say to this stuff at this point? I expect a Times editorial any day now in defense of the Torah. Like, that's what I want next. Yeah? In defense of the Torah? Why not? Explain to me why. Oral tradition. Oral tradition. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Bible. Which it was before it was written down. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's all ways of knowing. It's all the knowledge. This is, I mean, it's so, it's slandered as quackery. Yeah. It's like, no, it is quackery. I mean, good God. These, I just can't believe that this is something that be published in the New York Times, but well, mm. whatever. Well, I have to, re- I have to read it. All right. Well, let's get out of here because we got one to record tomorrow. Um, but tell me, um, any uh, recommendations for people? What should they be listening to, watching, reading? Hmm. Hmm. This week I got nothing. I don't know. You got nothing. I, I did watch um, because you suggested it, and I had never watched the series before. Um, part of part of the not. Pardon the interruption. That's the the ESPN thing. Yeah, curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm. You, this is like you literally are not it's a nine white o'clock person. and I haven't taken. <laughs> it's nine o'clock and I haven't taken any Adderall. All yeah, day. yeah. Um, curb your enthusiasm um, for the first time. And are you starting great. from the beginning? Yeah, no, I'm starting from the most recent season. So I uh, have the MAGA I hat. Have all of that to go after. <laughs> it is really great. The last, Absolutely. the last episode from Sunday. I don't know if you watched when he, Larry was called a transphobe. No, I haven't seen that it's, one yet. It's it's very very funny. Yeah, and also there is a, there is a transphobe <laughs> thing and a Me Too. Um, a me too thing so they're it, continuing the me too yeah theme yeah yeah into the, episode I, two i would recommend the 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 season <laughs> where um uh larry does the blasphemous musical 
um, and is threatened by the Iranians. <laughs> and Salman Rushdie's on the. On... Does he do the blasphemous musical deliberately? Uh, no, but okay. he, he's threatened by the Iranian government, uh-huh. and then he gets in touch with Salman Rushdie, uh-huh. uh, who then in the episode tells him, you know, the and I had actually said this one time, uh-huh. and he's like, you know, the great thing about uh, the fatwa is, you know, you get a lot of like hot girls, uh-huh. you know, the hot, it's like you know, fatwa girls, and there's like a whole thing about getting the fatwa girls, and he goes <laughs> and he goes around talking to people, he's like, I got a fatwa, and the girls are like really into him. <laughs> what? <laughs> Salman Rushdie, he like Padma Lakshmi, all these like models, because of the fatwa, get the fatwa girls. <laughs> but la- th- that show and it's great because it's it's um larry david is like just a liberal guy from uh, new york and uh, environmentalist and yeah. supports all these causes supports like i think he's a sanders supporter mm-hmm. and he just trespasses these lines all the time and yeah. just doesn't care no it's great to see him in the maga hat and so there's you're, it's you're full circle today well the funny thing <laughs> is that there's an early episode in which he meets richard lewis's doctor who's black uh-huh and the guy's jogging by and he's like, oh, this is my doctor. And, and Larry David, it's always a series of gaffes with him. Uh-huh. And he's like, you let him, you know, operate on you with all that affirmative action stuff. And the guy's like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's all these things like that. And there's a lot. The, the oh, my God. Ra- there's a lot of race stuff. That, that comes is crazy. Back. It's really funny. I wasn't expecting yeah. that at all. Yeah. That is so great. Oh, it's, it's, he, there's a lot of stuff that. I saw some piece online, like things that Curb Your Enthusiasm couldn't do today. And I'm like, yeah, Larry, dude, he's doing <laughs> he's, he's got fuck you money. He's got Seinfeld money. Does not care. Yeah. Does not care. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to double down then and say I would recommend it too. Curb is always funny. The MAGA episode is funny. And the first episode of this new season is hilarious. Season yeah. 10. So anyway. All right. So All right. we'll be back. Uh Later this week, we're recording tomorrow a full, mm-hmm. real episode. Do we have yeah. a guest? And we're going to have to dump it quickly. No, we don't have a guest because we need a okay. lot of room. I mean, this is this is the news apocalypse. It's oh, a little yeah. bit insane. Yeah, it's been insane. The Iowa shit is going down. Yeah. Um, we've got the State of the Union, which is happening like tonight, and we're not watching. We have to it's go watch. right now, I think. I have to go watch that. I think yeah. it starts right now, isn't let's it? Let's stop and, and go watch the State of the okay, Union. Okay, let's stop we and watch. need to know what the president said. Um, who's he calling on and, and being? Someone, in, someone from Hong Kong is in the audience today. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, I think you know, it started. Yep. Um, uh, uh, he's, uh, AOC's not, not attending. So, and then tomorrow is supposed to be the acquittal vote for the impeachment, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's, we're racking them up this week. Um, wow. Yeah, this we is, a bit I, of I just want to say this. We got a room to operate, but I'll just say the live updates from the New York Times just started. Um, um, uh, the live update from Peter Baker right now. After declining to shake hands with Speaker Nancy Pelosi, President Trump has Ooh. begun de- delivering his address. Um, it's live right now, and he just started. I wonder if he did the thing where he like puts out his hand and then brushes Zom- it through yeah. his hair. <laughs> 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 Psych. <laughs> Boom! Boom! Can't believe it. Nice job, Nancy. Um, yeah, didn't, won't r- r- shake hands. All right. Yeah. All right, people. You're the best. Why? Bye. Why? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.